Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. This is Aurelien. I'm here with Glenn and Darcy. And today we will be talk talking about uh, how to make your recession, your portfolio or your business recession proof because, uh, you know, recessions happen. So it bears the question, you know, what can you do? How can you be proactive and um, make sure that you uh, uh, make your um, investments recession proof? And, and as we know, you know, recession, recessions can, can take on different forms. So this is what we will cover today. Um, and uh, Darcy, would you like to get us going? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, a recession by definition is when uh, there's a uh, economic decline for two, two consecutive quarters. That would be um, a reduction of economic activities. It could be typified by unemployment, um, uh, changes in the market. So two, two consecutive uh, terms where they record a contraction of the economy is technically a recession. Uh, when they do happen, though, they tend to be longer. That would be only be like half a year, and most people would consider that a bit of a blip. Um, but a recession, we've, we haven't had many. We can recall the last ones were post 9-11. Then we had that 2008-9 um, housing crisis, which was something of a recession. But we've been in a long boom for almost seven or eight years. Um, so, you know, lots of prognosticators and economists, this is the bear that they want to say that's outside the door. And it's worth paying attention to because at some point, every inflation or, you know, large growth economic cycle will attract. It just happens. You have to balance the cycle. That's uh, what good sense says. And we're probably overdue for one, although most people right now are talking inflation, the further inflation of the market. But recession is sort of the bear that you want to watch out for. And I had a a couple thoughts. I don't, want to, I don't want to take other guys' thoughts, but um, this is how you make your partners safe. I think in terms of what my investment partners are, are working with. And one of the things that I tell them is we all can sleep safe at night. Uh, one of the things is we're not too greedy. Uh, real estate is by definition, a low margin, high leverage business. So it is subject to recession. It can be subject to if you're not careful. Um, what I mean by low margin is we don't make 25 and 30% returns every year. Um, if we are selling liquor, um, you know, or those kind of businesses, we could get double digit returns. Retail typically, um, before expenses of employment, that is like double digit returns, 15, 20, 25% markup. Restaurants, restaurants are double digit returns. However, they're highly expensive and they're really risky. A restaurant to survive 18 months is a massive success. Um, so we have low margins. We generally are making five to 8% per year in real estate. And that's good. If you operate your business really well in real estate, you can make single digit returns. Nobody advertises that and screams about that. But in what we do, you can do that. The rest of the returns are made up from principal repayment and market growth, but we're highly leveraged. We only put, you know, you can get as little as 13, 15% down um, in some deals. And that's what in a lot of um, those real estate courses, they talk about zero down and 10% down deals. Well, you have to understand with that, it means that you have no margin for error. So when I put down 25 or 30% on a building, that means I have invested 30% of capital in the price of that building at that time. And if the building goes down in value, or we have a traction in the market or recession, it can eat some of my value without killing me. Um, and I, that allows me to sleep at night. So if I don't get such close margins, like for instance, leveraging a building or financing a building to 85%, which CMHC will allow under certain circumstances, ensure that leverage it to 85% of its value. That means your mortgage payment is fairly substantial. 
And that's, that's inexorable. That mortgage comes out on the second or third or the fifth of the month, whether you're having a good month or not. And these things can crush you. I don't like those kind of margins. I could have capitalized my business, you know, a lot larger and faster and more aggressively if I would have been willing to take on those kind of risks, but I'm not a gambler. I'm a real estate investor and there's a big difference. Um, I don't gamble on that kind of stuff. So that's one of the ways I'm just not greedy. Um, so you I, would say to like, if you're Darcy's tip, Darcy's tip number one, tip number is, one is to not leverage really high. Yeah. Watch your loan to value ratios. If you're got, if you're leveraged up at 85% and we've done that, we have two buildings that are 83% when we bought them. And I think the riskiest moment in those per buildings was the first day. Every day after that, I've been paying down that principal and trying to rebalance that loan to value ratio. But, um, it's, you know, you don't have, you don't have to be greedy to, to make money. And sometimes you can push it and you, you know, maybe you get, maybe you get lucky, maybe you get a six year stretch with no, no problems, but yeah, that's lucky. That's not a plan. That's a hope. And I don't, I don't make hopes. I make plans. And so that's one of my, my top things is recession with my buildings. I, I stay away from those high ratio mortgages. Now there's a say, what a fool. You could have made so much more money. Well, I need to make money, but I'm not in this to make money. And there's a huge difference. If I, my goal was just to make money, well, maybe I'd consider that, but I also want to secure wealth for my partners. And there's a big difference between making money and securing wealth and generational wealth. You know, you can make money for seven days or seven months, but if you don't have it in the eighth month, you just lost it all. And I'm, I'm in for long-term. So that's, you know, you're going to have recessions and, and um, inflationary periods. You got to weather all of those. And that's, that's my top tip. Watch your loan to value ratios. I think that's everyone's like the investors. It's their first question is how am I getting my money back? And yeah. second question is how much am I going to interest am I going to get on my property? So that's what you're doing is you're protecting the interest of their money. Yeah, that's and we are. We're a custodian. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you're steward of their money. And their question shouldn't be, will I get my money back? It right. should be when and how. And if the question is will, well, you should be investing in something different. That's that's really we not better what better get doing. paid really well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just can't make those mistakes with people's money. That's just awful. Yeah. So I've made what else have you guys done? I've got a couple other ideas, but I won't step on your shoes. I'm gonna let Ari go because I have a whole list. So I, I can okay, go. some that probably are different. Uh I think it's important, like like so because the, the context nowadays is about um we're we're experiencing inflation. So I think it's good when you do your due diligence before investing to in, to choose a province or a state if you invest in the US where there is no rent control. So that way you can hedge against inflation. So that's that's one strategy I thought of. Um, I like to invest uh, uh, in the lower income uh, housing, uh, of, in the lower part of income housing. Um, that's a, you know what that's a really good point is that the lower income because whenever like 2008 or 9 wherever you consider it started um when that happened who hits the biggest hit in the u.s was the expensive houses first yeah. they have the they're the ones that hit have the, the drop first and so you have a little bit of lead up by not being in the a markets yeah and yeah and you you can you can have more people you know when you because when you when you go through a, a recession then there is more people in need of uh, affordable housing and if you if you if you are 
position in this space, you can you can have more. Um, also, when we look at uh, so we have now a new a new type of recession. We have uh, we've been through COVID, and um, uh, so we've seen that multifamily and industrial were the the ones that were faring uh, the the best during COVID. So it's good to 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 look at what happened, look at the past, and learn from the past. And and the other forms of um, the other uh, in terms of other asset class, when you look at the retail, so the writing was on the wall, uh, but COVID made it uh, a bit first, made it happen faster. And um, basically, when you look at retail, and because I'm, I'm more looking at um, commercial these days, uh, you want to make it. You want to look at COVID, make it you want to look at look, making it COVID and Amazon proof by focusing, for example, on uh, on neighborhood services. So you want to be um, uh, mindful of those. Yeah, I love it. Um, I had a guest on my show. I won't do any name drops, but he had three tips to keep people uh, the people who lost. It's the other side, people who lost their houses during recession. So I'll start with that. Um, People who had short-term loans, because a lot of times, if a recession happens, they, they, they don't, uh, the banks tighten up, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be doing a loan renewal when that's on the case. Um, so what if you believe a recession's happening, I, right now, I don't believe that, that it's showing those signs. But um, if you believe it's coming, maybe don't do the fix and flip loans, maybe work in cash. Um, some of those, trying try to have long-term financing in the u.s you can go do the 30-year loans even in canada just by having a if you believe something's on the horizon to renew into another five year or something like that um have reserve funds uh capex fund uh other people that lose their house or uh people who have a roof that has damage or something wears out and they just don't have the money and the banks once again the banks have tightened up they aren't lending when things are bad or not, or their criteria changes a lot. The credit scores required is higher. The leverage is lower. The, it's going to be more difficult for you. And make sure your property's cash flow. This one's really obvious for us, mm -hmm. but um, there's a lot of people that do appreciation investing, and they're the ones that are going to have trouble uh, yep. during these states. Um, what I've started doing, and it's not because I think that there's um, recession coming i think it's just a safer way to play and i don't know if there's going to be one in a year or 20 years but eventually i'm going to hit it right i don't it, it always it's a wave real estate's a wave so i've started doing shorter projects so renovations that don't take a year <laughs> some of the like you're leaving yourself with a long exposure to the market um so well, that's one thing i just don't want to be stuck um not getting the expected uh, refinance uh, the re proper ARV, the proper uh, sale amount. Um, so just in and out quicker, shorter periods for each one, right? But still doing lots. Um, a backup plan when I start a project. Uh, I like to have uh, for say, I'm, if I want to do a flip, a lot of times now I'm, uh, if I'm starting with a new partner, I want to do a flip first because it's safer just because I get to test out the relationship <laughs> before I go into a long-term hold with them. But um, say the market does change, I want this project to work as a, like a, be able to refinance and do a burr on it. I want to be able to keep it as a rental if the flip doesn't work or the other way around. If I'm doing uh, it as a burr, uh, that it works as a lease option or it works as a flip like i want to have multiple exit strategies on every project so i'm not stuck that i have a little bit more pivot if if i need to right 
because um, sometimes it ha happens, even in booming markets, the, you might not get the sale price you're looking for. And you're like, well, let's just rent it for a year or two or finer thing. Um, and buying it right. Um, there's a lot of people that are just so hungry to buy real estate that they're just buying at, uh, in they're buying investment properties and they're going into bidding wars. And as long as it keeps going up, you're okay. But what if you're at the very top and you've bid this thing right up to the top? So <laughs> over what it's actually worth. Um, when I was reading The Wealthy Barber before, he was saying it was a 10-year cycle for uh, Canadian real estate in the past. Like uh, Darcy was saying, we're a little bit, we're getting to that point anyway. Um, but uh, if you buy at the worst part of the market, if you can hold this thing for 10 years, you should be at least able to break even if you buy it at the, the very, very top. Um, but to avoid that, why not buy it right? If you're buying uh, single family homes, for instance, like myself, um, I like to buy at 65 cents on a dollar. Um, and the reason is typically if I want to do a perfect burr, uh, my leverage could be 65 or 70. So I need to make sure that I can do that for my investors. So buying at 65 cents on the dollar already. So then subtract off the renovations. So you say, uh, $100,000 house, 65 cents on the dollar, 65,000 minus the renovations. I want to buy that thing for 45,000. If you're buying a $45,000 house that has an ARV of 100,000, even if the market falls out and it drops 10%, you're going to get 90,000 instead of your 100,000 and you're still okay. You didn't make as much money as you planned, but you're still okay, right? You yep. Build yourself in some, some wiggle room is what yeah. I've been. <laughs> and don't be lazy with that. That's the number one thing I get from people bringing me deals or people uh, interested in investing in the US and they contact me and they're like, I want to invest in Florida. Why? Because it's cheap compared to Ontario. And I'm like, so what is your investing criteria? What is your criteria to buy this property? Is it, you know, a certain leverage? Is it certain um, percentage you want to make a certain uh, rent to value rate? And they don't know. They're just buying because it's cheaper than Ontario. And that's I think the one thing is to know why you're buying this, have a criteria. And that one way to get a criteria is if you want to work with a broker or um, even a wholesaler, you need to tell them what, what you're looking for so they can find it for you. <laughs> so work with somebody else, help them help you find stuff because then you have to tell them what you want would be a good first step. Yeah. Um, but as simple as it sounds, a lot of people don't know what they're looking for. They're looking for a deal, but they don't know what a deal is to them. Yeah, it takes some education. Yeah. yeah, to know how to recognize a deal and identify a deal. Yeah, a couple other thoughts that I had. I, those are those are great points. I was just writing them down, um, and they align with a couple of thoughts I had too. Like um, Glenn was saying, make sure your mortgages are are tidied away. Take fixed term. I mean, you could do better with a floating rate. And if you're calculating your business as a thirty day business, yeah, you are. Yep. But I'm here for a marathon, not a sprint. So that's why orientation. So I take the fixed term get a really good deal on a fixed term and then know what you're, you're able to sleep for 16 months uh, for five years. Um, a couple of things um, in a recession, then focus on your defense. Cause you, it, it could also be an opportunity to buy as things are falling, you could get better deals. You could purchase better. So if you're in a good cash position, always, then a bad market is a time to buy. That's when you run towards the fire, not away from the fire. That's when the best deals are. And you know, you're going to have to time that and, 
make a good purchase, as Glenn says. But um, but I wouldn't own- wait for it though. Like no, no, because <laughs> those people just never buy anything. <laughs> no, you can your business a real estate business works in all cycles. You just have to know which cycle you're in and where you put your what's your emphasis. So in a bad cycle, well, you should all the time. But you know your focus goes to playing good defense. Defense from you know Vince Lombardi wins championships. Stop leaking water from your toilets and your water faucets and um, bad business practices and all of those things. Stop overpaying for services. You know, uh, shop better. Um, make your product um, more efficient, more sustainable. Uh, play better defense. Make it more efficient. Um, this might be the time to replace a boiler. Use the sensors out there that get you 40% off a high efficiency furnace. Do the math and see if it's the right time to replace boilers and heating services. Um, those are great times because anything that you take away from your expenses side goes to your bottom line. It also improves the services and the quality of your property and the services for your tenants. That's a great time to do it, to show people that your tenants and your investors, hey, even in a bad cycle, we're improving this building in measurable, significant ways. So through COVID, which you know is the worst type of crazy cycle, um, we didn't know if it was, it, it was which. And in some regions, it's an inflationary cycle and some it's a recession. And some industries are each, so it's it's a mixed bag. Um, we went to playing defense. We're improving our, our our utilities, our efficiencies of our products, and giving better service to our tenants to to retain tenants. Um, so play. You're also defense. saying that yeah, the defense part of this. Um, whenever there's like when COVID started, a lot of people stopped doing renovations because they weren't sure where the market was going. And I kept going. And what happened was my project started finishing much faster because guess what? The contracting. So before the contractor had like four sub teams, right? Mm -hmm. And now guess what? A lot of their projects just canceled. So now they have way more people working on my house. You can get through projects much faster, right? You have much more people working on them. There's advantage on both sides. There's always an advantage on the other side. That's right. The first four months of COVID, you could get contractors. Right now, you can't. You can't yeah. touch them uh, since that, since the summer of uh, 2020, it's exploded, at least in these regions, and so it is impossible to get a contractor. Being the guy that works in both cycles means you might be more likely to get that contractor to work for you because yep. you, you will work right through because they need to keep their guys working. That's it. So, you know, I played our relationship, said, listen, I can get you work. So with my painter, I said, I can get you work. I can keep you working. But we also were careful with our cash as well. You can't blow it out because we didn't. Nobody knew how long it was going to last. Right. Um, and the market, you know, all those immigrants and students just disappeared from rental housing. Um, the you know, so it did change the market. In some markets, it was really tough. Um, the second one to say, and this is related to the other point I'd make, is I use this uh, analogy several times. It's a, it's an old joke, but make sure you have the best or the better product in every market. And I think that works in every cycle. I want to have the the best product in that neighborhood. It's just the way I'm wired. I don't want to be the guy that's renting the crappy unit on the block. We, we're not in the deal in this business to do that. But in a recession, and I've said this to others, and here's the lame joke. You know, what, what do you have to do when you're being chased by a bear? Bears are fast. I'm from Western Canada. I used to, I hike still a lot. Bears are not fat, slow, lumbering creatures. They can do, I think, in a burst, 20 to 30 kilometers an hour, which is Donovan Bailey speed, folks. Um, And that's through rough woods. That's down a trail. That's across rough ground. They can do that kind of speed. There is no way I can outrun a bear. I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun the other people running from the bear. 
And in my case, and in my streets and my neighborhoods, I have to be better than all the buildings around me. I'm not competing with a bear market. I'm competing with the other buildings around me. And if they're slack and lazy and inattentive, and they've got poor management and a poor product, I, I only have to say, I'm the best place in the neighborhood to live. If your choice is 300 units in this corner at Cromdale, those crappy places or my beautiful apartment that's well-managed, clean, pest-free, smells great, and we treat you with respect and it's, and it's appropriately priced. That's me out running the bear. And I don't have to be better than the market. I just have to be better than everyone else I'm competing with. And that's my target, to be the best in my neighborhoods. Um, so I don't know, that's... Which makes sense. Then you're not over, even over-improving, just going to be better than that. Right. Yeah. And you, you know, within scale, I mean, if you're starting gilding and gold plating things like, and putting your name in vertical letters up the side of your building, you're probably overdoing it, but you might be president of the United States for one term. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I have one last thing. Oh, go ahead, Dari. No, no, I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, complimenting Darcy. That's very, very well said about, um, yeah, outrunning the competition. Yeah. Um, what I did when COVID started, I thought a recession was starting. I thought I was in for it. And one thing I did is I picked up the phone and I called the bank and I yes. said, look, I am in good shape right now, but I would like to plan this out in case things change. Could we come up with a plan together? What, what are the options? Should my tenants all move out? What are like, what, you know, it's easier to plan this out when you're in good shape and you go, look, I've got like six months of reserve. I can make, keep making my payments no matter what, even if no one's here. But what if they don't? And what what is the plan from the bank side? Is there any leeway? Is there anything? And like some of them were like, we, we could switch you to interest only. We could do some other yeah. things if you're and you're just like, OK, well, now I can run a pro forma based on what the bank said. And we can you know, I still I'm like, they're like, I'm not doing this right now. I just like to have the discussion. I'd like to yeah. have the discussion. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. Uh, my, yeah, my father-in-law, Rudolf Eidenberg. Uh, shout out to my father-in-law. He's one of my rich dads. Um, <laughs> he said the banks need you to succeed more than you do. You don't know how badly they need you to succeed. Um, they've got a lot at stake. They're highly leveraged. They're 20 to 1. They're out there at 95% of loan-to-value, their whole portfolio. That's how banks work. It is a really risky business, but they're, you know, they're, they never fail says, you know, savings and loan scandal of the 70s, 80s. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a couple of times. Bear Stearns, <laughs> you know, that's all right. They do fail. Not in Canada. But yeah, um, yeah with the first six months of, of COVID, I did the same. I contacted all my lenders and I gave them up-to-date rent rolls. I said, here's where we're at. This is what my collections look like. And I said, I will phone you on the 5th of every month. So Demir at First National, Amrit at Canadian Western Bank, my CIBC guys in Toronto, I phoned all of them for the first five or six months and said, our collections are at 80, 87% on the first. They're at 93% on the fifth. We're good. And I gave them a, a, a like, like Glenn said, I said, this is how much reserve we have. We're not touching it. And we're suspending all of our capital projects for the next six months, but we are doing repairs and maintenance. We're maintaining the asset. We're keeping it clean and we're keeping our buildings full and we're not backing off on marketing and management. If, as long as you had a plan, they're like, okay, good. Thank you. I'll, I'll tell my lending committee because they have to answer to somebody else too. They're worrying about a recession as well. They got the same concerns we have. Mm -hmm. uh, Glenn's right. Have a plan. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think we, uh, 
solved the problem. Great job covering. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And as usual, feel free to email us your questions. We'll be happy to um, cover them. Uh, advancedreit at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Advanced REIT talk. No, REIT talk. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yeah, well, we really did this. So, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> See you in the next episode. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.